Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. We're so glad you're here. Today we're talking about having the best year of your life. And by the way, if you've missed any of our messages on this series, uh, that you can go back online and listen to those at sccview.net. Uh, also want to share with you today that um, as, we, as we start uh, talking about today's message, I want to talk to you about how to receive an answer from God. Would anybody like to receive an answer from God today? Anybody besides me? Oh, only a third of us today. Okay, all right. Let's try that one more time. How many would like to receive an answer from God? Let me see your hands. There, that's what I thought. Okay. Well, I want to talk about receiving, you know, because we have to receive information. And, and some of the ways that we have received information in our past is um, we can begin to track it. And like, uh, I'm going to show you some pictures and we're going, to, we're going to shout out what these pictures are, okay? So the first one I'm going to help you with because it can be a little bit confusing. But one of the ways that we receive uh, uh, information from people throughout history, and we're going to see how it builds, is this way. So the first one was, what is that? It's an envelope, which a letter would come in that, right? So that is one of the first ways that we communicate and receive information from people. Now, what is this second picture? What is it? A pigeon, right? That's right, carry pigeon, right? So that's one of the ways, Now I don't know about all that, but anyways, some of you here might remember that. Okay, never mind. Okay, then the next one, what is this? Telegraph, that's right, it's a telegraph. Now, I, I don't quite remember that one either, but we're about to get into my ear with this next one. What is this? Telephone, right? Anybody remember those? That's right, I remember that because when I was calling up Rhonda for the first time, I remember we only had to use five numbers in our, in our area at that time, and I had that last number, and I held on to it. I was scared to death because she was going to answer, you know, and I went, I remember that thing going. And then she answered the phone and said, hello, darling. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, her dad answered the phone. That even made me more creepy. But here's the next thing. What did it, how we received message. What is this uh, machine? Anybody remember that? Fax machine. We still have that. It works still today. And then here's one, something that made you super cool if you had this. What is this? Pager beeper. How many of you had the pager beeper? All right. Yes, we're dating ourselves right now. Okay. Some of you guys are going to have to check that out later. All right. And so uh, then the next thing that comes up is this. Look at this. What is this? Cell phone, right? I thought it was a cordless phone, but that is the first cell phone. That's what they look like. Matter of fact, the first one had the bag. Did anybody have the bag? Okay, the bag phone. Yes, you were somebody if you had the bag phone, right? Yes. That is when it cost you about $3 a minute to talk. Remember, or even more. Not even kidding. So then we moved from the cell phone to this. What is this? 
email. We send and receive messages that way. And then the, then the, the one that I dislike the most is this next one. And look at it. What is this? Texting, right? My kids will never talk to me, but they will text me. Just talk to me. Never mind. Okay. And then the next one is this. What is this? Social media. Yeah, that's the way we send and receive messages today. And so what I say all that, because even though technology's changed and our methods change, God's methods never change. The way that we send a message to God is through prayer, and the way God sends a message to us is through His Word and through His Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so it hasn't changed at all. And so today I want to talk to you about uh, how, do you do, how do you receive an answer from God. And I want to introduce you to a couple that you may not be that familiar with in the Scripture. Right before Jesus, right before the angel appeared to Mary and began to talk to her about uh, Jesus was going to be born, you know, and, and that how that she was going to have a child, you back up in Luke, and there's another couple that we see that it, it, their name is Zechariah, and their, her name is Elizabeth. And through that time period, if you would have went to the Jerusalem Inquirer, okay, the gossip section in, in Jerusalem, you would have found their names there because here, Zechariah was a priest. He was a guy that went to the temple. He, he was a guy that went in and interceded for people. And Elizabeth was his wife. But yet, they had no child. They had been praying for a child, wanted a child, and never had a child. And so everybody was gossiping because back in that day, if you couldn't have a child, that meant that maybe God's hand was against you. And so it was like, he's a priest, and yet they have no, no child. And I'm sure in the Jerusalem Inquirer, there was story after story as to why they didn't have a child. And so we want to talk, we want to look at their lives and look at three things that will help us understand how God answers our prayers, how to receive an answer from God. And so if you look on your outline with me, let's begin. You ready? Number one is this, I must be willing to trust God's timing. Would you write that down? Be willing to trust God's timing. As we dive right into this story, look what happens here and look what it says. In Luke 1, it says this, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be what? Do not be afraid, Zechariah. And let's read what's underlined out loud together. You ready? Come on, let's read it. Your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. So I want you to understand, why don't you just write that? Do not be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. Why don't you just write a little arrow, draw an arrow to those? Because that's what gives you peace to know that your prayers have been heard. That's when you're not afraid, okay? Then he goes on. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you're to give him, his, him the name John. Zechariah asked the angel, How can you be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So what I want to say to you is this. Is that looking at this story, the angel appears to Zechariah and says, You're going to have a child. And the first thing the angel says, Do not be afraid, because your prayers have been heard. Now, this is very crucial. Listen to this. Because Zechariah had done something that most of us do. is that because Zechariah had not got an answer from God, Zechariah quit praying for a child. How do we know that? Because Zechariah tells the angel, listen, my wife is well, I'm old and my wife is well along in years. And so he said, basically, biology has worked against us, you know, that, that our chemistry in our bodies no longer is able to do this. And so, therefore, they had stopped praying. 
And so I want you to know that God hears your prayers. Know the angel says, your prayer has been heard. And so in other words, the angel answered a prayer, was bringing him an answer to a prayer that he had prayed a long time ago that he had stopped praying about. Here's what I want to tell you. you number one is this, watch this, is that God hears your prayer the first time you pray it. And he begins working on the answer. The second thing is this, you say, Pastor Jeff, well, if that's true, why should I keep praying? I'll tell you why. Because when you keep praying about it, you keep looking for it. Did you hear that? When you keep praying about it, what is it that you need God to do that you keep looking for it? It keeps you aware, okay, God, is this going to be the day that you're going to answer this prayer? And Zechariah is just like you and I, is that he had quit praying about it and for it, and therefore he quit looking for it. I got one question for you. You ready for this? What have you quit praying about? What is it in your life that you've quit praying about because God hasn't brought you the answer yet? You see, one of the hardest lessons for me to learn, for you to learn, and for me to teach my children is this. There is a difference between no and not yet. There's a big difference. When I, was a, when I was a teenager, we lived in a very small town. And like, you know, like we learned to drive. I'm not even kidding you. It's at 12 years old. I knew how to drive. We had, we had farm tractors and stuff like that. I mean, we was, and, you know, driving around our, our yards and stuff like that. We had a big one. And so, so, you know, I knew how to drive. But I remember asking my dad, listen, let me drive on the road. Let me drive on the road. And my dad said no, but I had to understand the difference that that no did not mean you would never drive forever in your life. No, no, no. That no meant not yet because when you get 15 years old, son, I'm going to take you to get your permit and you can drive all over the roads with me. And then when you get 16, you can drive by yourself. So his no was not no, never. It was no, not now, not yet. As me teaching my children that I've had to teach them the difference because many times they've wanted things that I, they, wanted, they wanted it right then, but I've had to say not yet. The no that I said meant not yet. And so right now when you're praying, I want to tell you, there's some of you that are praying and God is not saying no, the answer is not yet. And you have to receive it that way. You know, I heard someone say, um, you know, the people say this, they say, you know what, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed for two weeks about something and nothing happened. And therefore, I have lost faith in prayer. I want to tell you something. You haven't lost faith in prayer. What you've lost is patience. Do you know how you spell faith? F-A-I-T-H. You know, that's faith. But let me tell you another way to spell faith. Ready? P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. That's how you spell faith. It's patience. It's that we have to have patience and we have to trust God's timing. And that's the whole issue is that many of our prayers, they're on their way. I mean, Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed about this child for years and years and years. It never happened. And if she passed her childbearing years, and then all of a sudden it happened. We have to trust God's timing. We have to trust his timing. Matter of fact, uh, if you'll look on your outline in Isaiah 40 and 31, 40 and 31, it says this. Would you read what's underlined with me? Come on, let's read it. You ready? But those who wait on the, but those who wait on the Lord 
Notice that. Why don't you circle the word wait? Why don't you circle the wait? And let me just say this while you're waiting. We, today is the last day of our 21-day fast. And uh, you know what? Rhonda says ours is over at 6 p.m. tonight. So if you see someone at a QT at 6 p.m., it will probably be us. Because I have been like a crack addict. I'm, t- I'm not kidding you. I know what a crack addict feels like when they go by the crack house. I do. Every time I went by QT, I mean, I almost went into withdrawal. I'm, not kidding. I'm, I'm like, seriously, I'm like, you just do not know. It was like, it, has a, it had a pull on me. And there's a QT on every corner. I didn't know. Temptation has come my way, but I want you to know that we have overcome. But tonight at 6 p.m., I will give me a big cup. I just want you to know, okay. The reason I say that is because many of us have prayed about things, we have prayed about things in our lives through these 21 days, and they haven't happened. And I want to tell you, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Okay. All right, so he goes on and says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, let me just say this to you. You might want to circle that because waiting means renewing your strength. He said, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, let me tell you a secret here. You see, he uses the illustration of the eagle. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. See that? Then it shall... Uh, be like an eagle. The eagle teaches us a lesson. The eagle, if you'll notice an eagle, an eagle doesn't flap its wings a whole lot. The eagle depends on the, turbul- uh, uh, the, the wind thermals to blow, and as the wind blows, the eagle picks the right draft to get on, and then it just stretches its wings, and it just soars, right? So we want to soar like an eagle. doesn't fly a whole lot. It soars, right? So the eagle, in order for the eagle to soar, to fly, the eagle is depending on the wind to blow. It's depending on God to send the breeze, to send the wind, in order that it may soar high to see its prey. But while the eagle is waiting on that wind, waiting on God to do his part, the eagle is renewing its strength. What does it do? While it's sitting there waiting on God, it's not just doing nothing. It's not sitting there fretting. No, the eagle is actually cleaning its own feathers. The eagle flies up to the rocks, and the eagle will beat its beak against the rock to sharpen its beak. The eagle also will take its talons and rub them against rocks to sharpen its talons. So while it's waiting, it's actually doing what it can do while it's waiting, to, while it's waiting on God to do what it cannot do, and that is provide the wind. You see what I'm talking about? And so in our lives, we have to understand that our life, while we're waiting, is that it's not that we don't do anything. We do what we can do. We talked about it last week. And then we let God do what we can't do. And that's the way we do it. Now, a lot of people, we have a lot of, we have a lot of chicken Christians. Okay, chicken You know what they do? Instead of being like the eagle and waiting on God and, and letting God do what he can do and catching that wind when God provides it, what they do is they just spread around all the time. they just like a chicken in a barnyard. You let a strong wind blow, what is the chicken going to do? It's going to run to the coop. And a, a chicken has always got its head down. Oh, you know what? I can't find no food. It's scratching the ground looking for grubs and worms. I can't find anything. There's no food here. Oh, it's pitiful. My prayer is never going to be answered. You know, this is never going to happen. And it's always got its head down scratching the ground. But God never called you to be a chicken called you to be an eagle 
You don't sit around and scratch. And when, you, when you're waiting on God, you're doing what you can do. What are you doing? You're preparing for the miracle. You see that? You're cleaning your feathers up. You're sharpening your beak. You know what? You're getting your talents ready. And when God sends that, you're going to be ready. So the ego spends time preparing for the good. And most of the time, chickens are repairing the bad. I want to say this to you. We're getting ready to do a marriage conference. This year, as we begin this year, we committed, God, as your pastor, I committed, and the leadership of our church committed to helping us have the best year of our lives. So we're going to do a marriage conference. And this is what I want to tell you, that you've seen this, you've heard Diane just say this, and it'll be very easy for you to say, oh, we don't need that. Let me tell you what I found out to be true, Ron and I found to be true, is that we can prepare for the good, or we can keep repairing the bad. See what I'm talking about? So you want to live your, do you want to live your family, and, your, and by the way, your family, so goes your marriage, and so goes your family. That's the bottom line. Good marriage, good family. That's the way it works. And so instead of trying to make sure that your kids have the best thing in the world and make sure that they don't have any problems, why don't you just solve the problem between you and your spouse? And when you do that, when you do that, then they automatically get better. So here's what I want to tell you. I want to ask you, will you spend four hours with Rhonda, where are we going to be? We're going to be sitting right here. You know why? Because we found out if we can just keep preparing for the good, we don't have to keep repairing the bad. And it's much easier to prepare than it is repair, right? It's like getting an engine tune-up over an overhaul. A tune-up doesn't cost you that much. An overhaul costs you a fortune. And let me just tell you something. When you're trying to repair a bad marriage, it costs you a fortune. So why don't you come out and join us? We, it's on your connection card, and here's what I'm asking you to do. On the back of your connection card, I'm asking you to check the box that says, I will consider attending the marriage conference on February 10th and 11th. Now let me tell you, men, men I, want, I want you to man up. I don't you let your wife say, you got to come to this, you will. No, 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 no. We're going to be here from, I'm going to tell you the time so you will know. Friday night will start at 8 o'clock. We will end at 10. We're going to have food trucks here a little bit earlier than that. If you want to have some food, they'll be here before that to have dinner and hang out. We're coming back at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. We'll be done at 12. So four hours, that's it. And the idea is that you get a sitter for your children and that you and your wife get to hang out and have some dinner at the food trucks, come in and learn, have the night together, and then go come back Saturday Again, had, had some time together, and then get to be together Saturday morning, if at all possible. So we want to help you, but listen, you can't do better, be better, till you know better. We want to help you get better. Amen? So I'll be learning, because I want to be married. How have you been married 30 years? I'll tell you why. Because I've been constantly trying to prepare for the good. And there's been times that we've had to repair the bad. And I found out the first way is better. All right. Okay, let's go on to number two. You ready? Number two, how to receive an answer from God. Number two, it must be willing to trust God's ways. Would you write that down, trust God's ways? Again, we go back and look what it says. Luke 1, it says this, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. 
He is, he is to never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Now look at this last part. Many of the people of Israel will, will he bring back to their Lord, their God. In other words, he has a purpose. It's my timing. It's my way. The reason that you haven't had this answer is because it's my way. I have a way. I have something that's going to happen. He begins to say that. So God sees the big picture. It's what he's saying is that the reason I haven't given you the son is because it's actually he's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the one that was come to, was to come before Jesus. And he was to make the way before Jesus come. And so he was the forerunner of Jesus. And so he said, my timing, my way is perfect. Now, what Zechariah and Elizabeth had to do was this. Is that Zechariah and Elizabeth had given up on a baby, but they had not given up on God. Some of you today, listen, you've, you've given up on your, on your prayer being answered, that, and that's probably not, that's not good. But some of you in this room have given up on God because he didn't answer that prayer. And that's the one thing that we can learn from there, is they gave, they gave up on the baby, but they did not give up on God. And let me just say this to you. There's times as the priest, people were coming to him and asking him, would you please pray that we have a child? And guess what? He would go before God and he would pray that they would have a child. And they prayed that he would have a child. And guess what? When he prayed, other people's prayer was answered. God would give those people children. He would see them celebrating. Oh, we had a baby. You prayed for us, and we've had a baby. Hundreds of times he would hear that, and yet he would pray for a child, and God never gave one. Now, that takes a spiritually strong person. And there's many of you here today that people have asked you to pray about something, and guess what? And you don't, your prayer hasn't answered, so you refuse. And I can tell you as a pastor, I can tell you, there's been times in my life when I've been praying about something, and I've asked God for something, and he hasn't given it, and i prayed for other people, and he gave it to them. There's something that come on me and say, God, what's wrong with me? And sometimes it was hard to even pray for other people. So this is what they teach us. You ready? This is what they teach us. It's coming up on the screen now. I want you to get this. Here it is. You ready? Let's read this together. You ready? Come on, let's read it out loud. Here we go. I must trust what's in God's heart over what's running through my mind. Are you willing to trust that? I got to trust what's in God's heart. I got to trust what's in God's heart over what's running through my mind. Because what's running through my mind is it's not good, is it? And there's times that I've been praying and been mad. You ever done that? I've been ticked praying before. I'm like, okay, I'm talking to you, God, but I don't like it. I don't say that to him, but I'm like, you know what? Are you ever, does that happen to you, or do you just quit praying? I've decided I'm going to pray mad instead of stop praying. Because God can handle, my, he can handle my emotions. He'd rather me get it out anyways. He'd rather me to go ahead and vent vertically anyways, you know. And so, so I want to tell you that with you is that you've got to trust what's in God's heart over what's running through your mind because what's running through your mind is only what you've determined. But God's got a bigger plan. Amen? That's good right there, isn't it? That's for somebody today. Okay. All right. Look at this next verse here. Isaiah 55 and 9, look what it says. Just, look at this. Here we go. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my, talking about God, ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, let me just share this with you. Watch this. God's ways are the best ways. Now, Jesus gave us a story to show us what happens when we, when we actually turn from God's ways. It's the story of the prodigal son, right? Remember that, for those of you that don't have a church background, remember this, that the prodigal son 
was a story that Jesus told how the father had this great, you know, uh, ranch and everything, and, and that the son was going to inherit what the father had, but the, the son said, you know what, father, no longer do I trust your ways. I don't trust that you'll give me what I need, and I want to trust that you give me my part at the right time. So he said, Daddy, Father, I want my inheritance right now. And so guess what? The father tried to talk him out of it. He said, Son, if you'll just see my way, it's a better way. No, I want my way. Give it to me right now. And so guess what? The father gave it to him. And what did he do? He went off and spent all that he had, the Bible says, in wild living, making dumb mistakes. And the bottom line was he ended up, he ended up after all was gone, guess what? He ended up going to feed himself. He would have to go to where they were pouring slop into a trough for pigs, and he would have to go eat with the pigs. Let me tell you something. When we ignore God's way and we do it our way, you know what ends up happening? We live in regret. The Father's way ends up with reward. Our way ends up with regret. And we get to choose. Here's what I want to tell you. When you choose to live your way over God's way, you and I, when we do that, we become a prodigal son or prodigal daughter. Think about that. And guess what we end up living in? we end up, end up living with regret as well. So I have the statement. Look what it says on, your, on the screen. It's on the outline as well. It says this, When I insist on having things my way and ignoring God's way, I am separating myself from the blessing of God. Did you hear that? When I insist on it my way, not God's then I'm separating myself from God's blessing. I tried to teach this to my children. When my children were, you know, moving out, when it was time for them to move out, at our house, you know, when you got your driver's license, you moved out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> I can hear some of you there go, oh, my God, that's a good idea. No. But when my kids, you know, were moving out, this is what I did. Rhonda and I set them down, both of them. When that time come for them, and we said, listen, everything that you've enjoyed in this home is because God's blessings. God has blessed us. You have lived your entire life up until this point under the umbrella of God's blessing. That's all you've ever known. Right now, you're about to step out of our home, and you're about to go live somewhere else, and it's up to you to choose whether you want to have God's blessing or not. And we said one of the ways that we assured that we were going to do things God's way was that we started tithing. We tithed. We've been tithers our whole lives. And you've lived in a tithing home. And so I just want to tell you, as your daddy and your mom, Rhonda would say it, if you want to continue God's blessing, this is the first way to step take God's way. And we taught them about tithing. Well, I want to tell you, as your pastor, you know, this is one of the ways, tithing is one of the ways that you want to God's blessing, God's way. And so at SEC, we believe it so strongly that, that we would be holding something back from you. We always give this opportunity, especially in January, to become a tither. One of the things we have in your program is called a tithe challenge. And that means that, you know what, if you take this tithe challenge, that means for 90 days you're going to try to, you know, you're going to bring your tithe, 10% of your income, to, you're going to give it to God through SEC. And when you do it over a period for 90 days, and at the end of that 90 days, if you say, this is a hardship, you know, this caused me all kind of problems, I wish I hadn't done it, I regret it, 
We give your money back 100%, no questions asked. You just ask, you just let us know, we give it back to you. Why? Because I'll do anything to get you to do it God's way. So if that's you today, if you say, that's me, Pastor, I want to try that. Well, on the card, the second box, say, I want to, I want to take the tithe challenge today. Okay, number three, you ready? How to receive an answer from God. Number three, write this down. I must be willing to trust God to do the impossible. To do the impossible. In Luke 1 and 13, in verse number 18, it says, But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give a son, and you are the name of John. Zechariah answered the angel, How can I be sure of this? And read this last part out loud with me. Ready? Come on. I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Let me just say this to you. That is the most politically correct statement I've ever heard in my life, right? That tells me that Zechariah was a wise man. I'm old, but she's not. She's along in years. You know what? He had went to the X and O's marriage conference, hadn't he? That's right, yeah. What I want to say to you is this. Is that Zachariah looked at his body, and he looked at his wife's body and says, Angel, listen, you haven't been to my house lately. There's been no zeal in my wheel. There's been no fire in our house because we're beyond that, you know? They don't make strong enough medication for all this. Never, I need to move on. I'm sorry. But anyways. <laughs> did he say that? Yes, he did. He said, no, it's impossible. But what I want to tell you is that, listen, in your spiritual journey, listen to this, in your life, you are going to face things that are impossible. Do you know that you're going to have problems the rest of your I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to have problems the rest of your life. There's going to be things that's going to come up that's going to be a problem. The only way you grow is that you go through problems. You understand that? You get stronger when you go through. You get stronger when you go through. And it makes you a strong human being. When you don't have any problems, you're a baby. You get stronger. This book, the Bible that I'm holding right here, is full of people that had overwhelming problems. Remember the story David and Goliath? David, the, the little teenager facing the giant nine foot tall. Would you say that's a problem? But God intervened. God helped David to kill that giant, right? In this book, do you know there's a story about the nation of Israel was trapped in slavery in Egypt? And the only way that they could get away from their captors was to walk, was to cross the sea? And to how they couldn't get across? And how God, just like this Bible right now, that's the sea. And God opened up the sea and let them walk across. They had a problem. And God answered the problem. There's, there was uh, three guys that were thrown into a fire because of their faith, and they, they were going to die because of their faith. They had a problem, and the, they were thrown into the fire, but God went into the fire with them, and, and not a, even a hair was burned. This book is all about people that were blind, that could not see. They, God opened their eyes. They were deaf. They couldn't hear. God made them hear. There's even people that died and were called back to life. Why? Because it's all in the book. There were people with problems. And impossibilities, but God does the impossible, right? 
You can't, I can't. Look at the next verse with me. Mark 9 and 23. Who said this? Who said this? Okay, not Pastor Jeff, but Jesus. Jesus said, ready? Let's read it out loud together. You ready? Anything is possible if a person... You know what he's saying? Instead of looking at your problem and telling God how big your problem is, why don't you look at your problem and tell your problem how big God is? Amen. Why don't you say, listen, God, my God is bigger than you. My God is bigger than this financial crisis. My God is bigger than this child, this problem with my child. My God is bigger than this problem in my marriage. My God is bigger than this problem at work. My God is bigger than this problem with my car. God is big. God is bigger. Amen. Amen. I believe it. You got to, God is bigger. God is bigger. We found out around here that God answers prayers. You know what? You know that 99% of your prayers are going to be answered through somebody else. God's going to use somebody else to answer your prayer. Do you know that? 99% of your answers to your prayers are going to come through somebody else. There's a young lady and a, 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 general, a man and a woman in this church who was going through the Daniel fast. She wrote me this week. She wrote me an email. She said, you know what, Pastor? We started the Daniel fast. She said, and I began to write in my journal. My husband had had issues for three years, health issues for three years. We've been to doctors. We cannot find a solution. He's getting worse, not better. And she said, I began praying. I wrote down, God, please, and my husband too, God, please help us find a solution to my health. She said, I come to the church service and I listen as, as a testimony went up on the screen of a guy by the name of Jeff Benton who had a liver trans, uh, uh, transplant and how God had worked through that situation and healed him. And she said, you know, all of a sudden I, I started putting the pieces together. In my mind, it started to come together. So I went to his wife, Angie, and I said, Angie, can you tell me about that? Because some of the symptoms you said begin to match my husband's. And she said, in that connection right there, she said, why don't you try this doctor? And she said, we made the appointment, went to this doctor. And she said, I prayed again, and we prayed again. God, let us get a, a solution. Let us get a, 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 Lord, a diagnosis of this issue. And she said, we went to the doctor. They did the blood work, and they come back. And the doctor said, yes, you've got a liver issue. But the, your problem is, is your insulin level is too high. And so if you will just correct your diet a little bit, if you'll just exercise a little bit, lose a few pounds, you'll never, ever have another problem with your liver again. She said, we walked out saying, thank you, God. God is bigger. See, what you can't control, what you can't control, what you can't control, God is in control of what you can't do, what you can't do, what you can't do, God can do. There's another lady that emailed me this week. She said, Pastor Jeff, I started this fast. She said, you know what? I was having some health issues as well. And she said, I didn't know what to do. She said, and I, I needed a job. And she said, I started praying about it through this fast. And she said, God began to heal me. And she said, you know what, Pastor? I just want you to know, long story short, I, got, I start work next Monday because God has done it again. <laughs> Amen. Another person praying about a job situation. They emailed me and said, you know what? I've been praying about a job. And she said, I haven't had it yet, but I want you to know that this, this, and this has already happened. And I believe that I'm right on the verge of getting this new job. I'm telling you that God answers prayer. 
Did you hear me? God does the impossible. What you can't do and you can't do and you can't do and I can't do, God can do. Amen? Do you believe that? Why don't you stand with me now? And we're going to sing our song together. This is our theme song of this series. It says, I surrender. Today, I challenge you, why don't you surrender? Why don't you just say, God, I give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing it together. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.